my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. What is going on? It is the Sports Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you here on Friday evening. Long, long break between games. Goodness gracious, the Clippers play Tuesday and then again on Sunday. And so here we are, right basically in between the halfway point. A little bit closer, obviously, to that Sunday game, especially since it's an early contest. But because of schedules, this is when we're able to do a podcast. So I am your host, Bryn Marcus, joined by my co-host, Matt Matta-Warren. Back on the Ethos Clippers podcast. Matt, how are you, my friend? Boards, Ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? I am in a TGIF kind of mood. It's a long week. Glad it's over. Looking forward to this weekend. A little bit of football action. A little dinner party with some family, but especially an afternoon Sunday game with the Clippers. Yeah, goodness gracious, man. It has been a while since we saw the Clippers. They beat the Thunder 128-117. to And normally there's two or three games that pass by between podcasts, but there has been a grand total of one game. And that was the Thunder game as the Clippers have some well-needed time off to get some of these guys some rest, given that you and I talked for a long time about how many minutes guys like PG and Kawhi and Harden were playing. And of course, with no zoo, this practice time should actually be very beneficial for guys like Harden and Plumlee to get on the same page and develop some more chemistry. Cause obviously we get the news before that game against the thunder that zoo is going to be out for at least four weeks, which was a big blow. And I guess we're going to start the same way we started the last podcast. And that was a conversation about zoo. But before we get there, of course, a shout out to our friends over at the believe network gracious hosts, having us over there. Great to be with those guys over at Believe. And of course, you can rate and review the podcast. Give us that five-star rating. Review the podcast as well. It does help this podcast continue to grow. And also, being on Believe will help us grow as well. So we're happy to be on the Believe Network. If you didn't join on the podcast last time, that was our big announcement that we are one of the few podcasts at Sports Ethos that has garnered enough attention and listenership and has enough people interested in basically the way we've developed this thing is that we've got so many listeners now that we are at the point now where they decided to take us on. So shout out to them. Uh, but anyways, let's talk Clippers basketball. So Matt, I got the news on the freeway and I wasted zero time in texting you while I was driving. Parents, please don't be listening to this. Um, I was in bumper bumper traffic and I basically said, 
the four-letter word that starts with an F, and you basically respond with the four-letter word that responds with the F. Not great when we found that out. That being said, I guess it could be worse because with a calf, you can always, like I said last time, it could turn into something like an Achilles. But with a calf injury, you got to be careful because you don't want to turn into that Achilles injury. You and I obviously not pleased when it first happened. Um, I'm not as upset after I saw what they did against the Thunder, but not great, Matt. Not great. Yeah, I mean, it's still the F word with a capital F. There's no doubt about that. But it could be the F word followed by multiple F words were they to rush the zoo back. And you're right, he do, it does turn into an Achilles issue. Or it's something like with Carl Anthony Towns last year where he missed just about all of the season with a calf injury. So it is terrible. You know, the, the chemistry that the team was continuing to build, Zoo's breakout year, um, it won't be forgotten. But for the time being, we are just so fortunate, and you mentioned him earlier, so fortunate that Plumlee came back when he did. I mean, the timing couldn't have worked out better. You never want anybody to get hurt, especially one of your best players, nobody to get hurt. But if they are, having uh, somebody like Plumlee come back and fill in admirably and then to have signed Tice in the, in, in the interim be- beforehand... Clips are lucky that they made those moves, so it could be a lot worse in many different aspects. It's not good, but it could be it could be a lot worse. So I am I'm still super bummed. Um, I know all of Clipper Nation is, but it's it's not as if we fell into this un, unrecoverable black hole to where now the Clipper season is doomed. No, it's just it's a bump in the road, uh, a pretty big one, but not one that the Clippers can't uh, get over. Uh, and they kind of, you know, showed that against that game against OKC. Yeah, and listen, you mentioned it, but it's certainly a good thing. I mean, you thought, hey, we have three centers now. That's not great. Um, what are we going to do? Well, that didn't happen for very long, the whole three centers thing, because once that injury happens and all of a sudden you're looking around saying, hey, it's a good thing we still have two guys on this roster that can play center. And it's interesting because I – talked I believe which I was talking with Shane and I was saying how long until you make the change with uh, Plumlee becoming the backup over Tice and he said just stick with the status quo right now because you're winning games it's fine and then once that zoo injury happened um, I'm pretty sure that I tweeted I really want to see Plumlee start and I'm really glad that Plumlee did start nothing against Tice listen he has the ability to, to pop out and shoot threes which Plumlee does not but just the ability for Plumlee to pass I think is something that Tice doesn't do as well. And what's interesting is that if those two and Plumlee and Harden are able to develop the chemistry, then the pick and roll game can actually be just as good because if Plumlee is able to develop that chemistry with Harden, you get the feet on the screens. You can also have those alley-oops. But how many times did we see Zoo get the ball and then have the ability just to kick out to an open man for three, or an open Powell for three. And Zoo's passing was pretty decent. And if you look at a guy like Plumlee, and he's known for his passing as a big man, that could help a lot. So if he's able to develop that chemistry with Harden, he can get those feeds from James and kick to those open shooters. And all of a sudden, your offense looks just as good, perhaps. Maybe not exactly as good, but almost as good. Now, the drop-off is in the defensive end, and there's no hiding that. I mean, what Zoo has done in defending at the rim, 
he's one of the top three centers in the NBA when it comes to defending opposing bigs. I mean, look what he's done earlier this season against some of the best big man in the NBA. Of course, I mentioned it a couple times, but what he did against Jokic and holding him to a dreadful shooting performance, and he does it all the time against big men. So the defensive um, lapse is going to be a problem in terms of what we see from the Clippers because Zoo was the anchor to that defense. So not having him means that you got to rely on the Kawhis, the PGs, you got to rely on those and team man. You got to rely on those three to really set the tone defensively and for Plumlee and Tice to do work down low. So I'm not as concerned about offense, Matt, but defense is where we could see some problems down the road. And I'll be curious to see if it rears its ugly head more often than not. I'm hoping that's not the case, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I'm going to start with I'm glad you mentioned um, that the pick and roll is something that can not be up to maybe the same level as with Zoo and Harden, but it can get there. And you mentioned earlier, too, that they have all this practice time in between the game with OKC and the game coming up on Sunday. And with that practice time, I'm sure, and I'm, I know this, I know for sure that Harden is working with the two bigs, Tice and Plumley, on those pick and rolls specifically to get that chemistry going, much like he has with Zoo. Now, with the passing with Plumley, uh, he, he is actually, yeah, he's an excellent passer and he can also get out on the break. He can handle the ball too. So that's another dynamic that he can lend on the offensive end. So offensively, the Clippers shouldn't miss, you know, all that much. Um, Zoo, just the chemistry that Zoo has with not only Harden, but the entire team itself, like you said, to kick out to a man Plumley has that ability, but he's been out for so long. He's been the backup. So it's going to take a little while to, to get that going. And then with Tice, of course, he is he's great at spreading the floor. So if you have in, him in there with the second unit with a guy like Westbrook, that also works to the Clippers' advantage. So offensively, they should be fine. Defensively, you're correct, because the anchor of the defense is, of course, Zoo. Uh, Kawhi Leonard may be the best defender out there, sort of in a vacuum. If you're just going to say who's the best individual defender, you probably have to say Kawhi. But without Zoo manning the middle, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So I think that's where... That's where Harden, having a guy like Harden too, to run the offense and kind of... Because imagine if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard had to handle the ball as much as they did in the past, right? Yeah. Then they would be exhausted on the defensive end. So I think having Harden, and even having even having Russ, but having Harden in particular, to take that ball handling and playmaking ability or uh, duties away somewhat from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard so that they can fo- focus more on the defensive end is just another advantage of having Harden but, but the point remains, the defense could suffer, and you could see Ty Lue running a bit more of, of small lineups uh, if if it comes to that, if, if Plumlee gets in foul trouble, if he's getting cooked, if Tice doesn't have it. So it'll be there, – there may be a little bit more lineup shakeups because it seemed like Ty Lue had his lineups pretty secure, and now he may have to shuffle around a little bit in-game and sort of be, be a little bit malleable to the situation at hand. Yeah, I mean, you look at the game against OKC, and we'll get into it in a second, but the the Thunder shot 50.5%, um, and they were also 47% from three, 16 of 34. So the defense wasn't good against OKC. I mean, there's a reason why OKC came back after the Clippers had that lead. So while we may be saying, hey, it's great, you beat the Thunder by 11, it, it's there still are some causes for concern without Zoo, and, and the defense is going to be really put to the test um, however, the Clippers get get lucky in the fact that they face a Brooklyn team on Sunday 
that really has not been playing good basketball at all. And then after that, they face the Lakers, who have also been struggling. But that being said, the Lakers have already beaten the Clippers a couple of times. Um, And then you get another couple days break before you take on Toronto and Boston. So you have a couple of teams here where the defense may not be as much of a problem. But I think that's the number one thing I'm looking at. Because if all of a sudden you got a game against Brooklyn that's closer than it should be, then you got to keep a closer eye on the defense. So I think that's the number one thing to look out for. Because I don't think the offense will be much of a problem. And you still have guys like Kawhi and PG and James Harden, the offensive end. And Zoo was shooting really well. I mean, he was going through a really nice stretch offensively where he was getting his lobs and he was doing some work in the post. He was getting offensive rebounds and putbacks. And Plumlee and Tice will probably do, I don't know, three quarters of that. So the offense I'm not as concerned about. It's really just the defense. So I, I will keep a very close eye, though, on these games against Brooklyn and the Lakers because two game, two teams that are not great offensively that shouldn't give the Clippers much of a problem. But if they do, then you'll know exactly why. Defensive rotations are going to be huge. I will say against OKC, though, I think the 15.5% may be a little misleading because Isaiah Joe, Dort, and uh, J-Dub were un- unconscious I mean, look, Isaiah Joe was 5 of 6 from downtown. Lou Dort was 5 of 8. That doesn't happen very often. And Jalen Williams was 10 of 14 from the field overall. And he's just been on on a whole nother level mm-hmm. recently from the field. So Shea was 6 of 16. Uh, Holmgren was 2 of 10. So it does so even I, out. I'm sorry? It does even out in that respect then. You have SGA and Chet who are normally much better than that. Absolutely. So I, I don't know that the defense was necessarily poor. Against the Oklahoma City Thunder, I, I just think those guys were incredibly hot from downtown, especially Dort and Isaiah Joe. Not to, not to say that the Clippers were closing out all that great against them, but sometimes there's nothing you can do. So I am, yes, concerned about the defense without Zoo, 100%. I don't, I don't look at the game against o- the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder as anything indicative of what may happen because I just don't think guys like Joe, Dort, and J-Dub, I mean, just on a nightly basis, you're going to have three guys that are just white hot. So you may, but you may not. So I don't know that it's necessarily anything to that game in particular to be concerned about per se. But overall, I do agree with you 100% that without Zoo, it's going to be very important to focus in on the defensive rotations and just how how everybody is playing all 48 minutes. Like we always talk about, are guys going to get tired? Do people have to pick up some slack and then, you know, just put more minutes on their body or expend more energy. It'd be very interesting to see. Yeah, no doubt about it. We'll see if the guys like Kawhi and PG are expending that energy on the defensive end more so than they need to before because of Zoo's injury. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll pay some bills, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles Business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. 
Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Matt, you made a very bold prediction on our last podcast, and you said the Clippers, I believe, were going to win by 13 against OKC, and you thought that Zoo was going to come back in that game, I'm guessing, because we both thought that was going to be the case. That was just going to be a calf injury, that he was a late scratch, that you give him a couple days rest, and all of a sudden... You bring him back against OKC. We thought, actually, no, we thought he was going to possibly miss that game, didn't we? Because we thought, you know what, you're going to take the four days after um, Mm -hmm. and rest. And so we both thought that he was going to miss that game. And despite that, Matt, you thought the Clippers would still win by double figures against Oklahoma City Thunder. And goodness gracious, Matt, a 128-117 win. You damn near nailed that, my friend. So a big applause for you right now because you you. got that right, man. I I don't know how how you nailed it. But you did. Clippers by 11. Um, tell me why you thought that was going to be the case and what impressed you the most about the Clippers in that game. I had a sneaking suspicion. Well, so we, at, before the break, we were talking about how a couple of guys on the Oklahoma City Thunder were white hot and that the defense didn't necessarily look that great if you just look at the numbers. But I did think that the, that the Clippers were going to come out with a purpose and, and with a point to make that that this was a game that was kind of a statement, really, because Oklahoma City had played so well against them, had been playing so well in general, and the Clippers are on this run that can be considered a championship run at this point. I want to get to to that later, uh, the championship run uh, scenario for the Clippers. But at this moment against against Oklahoma City Thunder, I thought they were going to come out with a purpose, treat it almost like a playoff game, which it kind of seemed like the intensity was there. And I was just, I was so impressed with how the Clippers... Just how they played uh, and how they how they shared the ball, and more importantly, how they were able to take the Oklahoma City's punches. Like Oklahoma City would come back, Clippers Clippers get out in the lead again. Oklahoma City comes back, even gains the lead uh, in the fourth. Clippers are able to respond, put the game away, and it wasn't necessarily uh, Kawhi's. Uh, greatest game uh, scoring-wise. Of course, only had 16 points. Harden had 16 with eight assists. But then to have Paul George just take over the game late and to know that he is, and he's been so great this season, but he is capable of being 1A. If he's feeling it or if he, if he needs to be, he can be. So just just to have, know that the Clippers have that in their arsenal and to just withstand every run that Oklahoma City made because Oklahoma City, the one thing about them is, and we know just they're young, they're hungry, and they're not going to stop coming at you. 
But the Clippers were able to withstand that at home, hold serve, and, you know, yes, they gave up they gave up some pretty good shooting against them, but when it came down to it, I mean, Kawhi's block and then recovery against Shea late was one of the greatest plays I've seen all season. Just impressed with the Clippers overall, um, able to, and even without Zoo, withstand all runs, all manner, all manner of hot shooting, and be able to pull out this win at home. I loved it. Uh, 11, 13, I was pretty darn close. And that I, that was a bold prediction to say 13. And they got they almost got there. Yeah, and listen, I, I thought they were probably going to lose that game. But to win that game without Zoo, really impressive. And there are a couple of different guys that we need to talk about. And also what's crazy, by the way, is that you probably should have gotten that 13-point win correct considering the Clippers missed nine free throws. Uh, but they just which is very rare considering you and I yeah. always talk about that 50, 40, 90 that we got to keep an eye on. The Clippers got the 50, 40 part when they shot 54% from the field and 46 and percent from three, uh, but couldn't quite get the 90. Uh, you mentioned PG. Uh, we have very much, and we've talked about this a couple times on this podcast where we have kind of glanced over him and we, we talk about him from time to time. And when I do bring him up, I always say the same thing that I feel like we do glance over him and we talk a lot about Harden. We talk a lot about, Kawhi, and then we talk a lot about the role players because you expect the th- big things from guys like PG and Kawhi. I mean, they're basically max players. But what PG was able to do in that game when he had 28 points in the second half on 11 of 14 shooting after going just four of nine in the first half and truly taking over and being that dude and man, that steal and the dunk at the end of the game was just absolutely stellar. He was locked in, and he started one of six from the field. That could have easily spiraled. I mean, you and I have seen him plenty of times have some really bad shooting performances. When you start one of six, and then you still somehow finish 15 of 24 from the field and six of 12 from downtown, that says a lot about you, that you are not afraid to keep shooting. And you want that in your 1A or 1B, whoever it might be on that night. And major props to PG in that ball game because he truly did it all. Not only did he do it offensively, but to get three steals as well defensively, 38-7-5 with three steals is an incredible line. And Zero turnovers. I was just about to say, and the one number that is really important to point out with him is that number zero next to him with zero turnovers, a season-high 38 points after starting one of six, and to get 18 points in the fourth quarter when the Clippers needed it the most. They needed buckets to answer OKCs and to get that lead back into what we have seen in double figures. He was awesome, and I just wanted to throw some flowers his way because he was absolutely incredible. Absolutely amazing. I think definitely deserves to be there at All-Star Weekend. Uh, no doubt in my mind about that. I know the I know the what there's a glut in the West of talent, but the way the Clippers have been playing and his importance to the team and just the numbers he's been putting up, and yeah, it's so funny when a zero just stands out to you as much as it does mm-hmm. with those turnovers. Uh, the the you know two of four from the line. It was just a weird free throw anomaly from the team. Uh, Plumlee had something to do with that. He's not the greatest free throw shooter, but yeah, fifty forty sixty just got the nine inverted. There, so uh, Paul George, absolutely amazing, deserves all the flowers for that game. Yeah, and kudos to the Clippers for really hanging in there because you and I have talked about this a ton on the podcast that the difference between this team and previous teams is that when they've gone down, 
they have really folded before and or when they have had the lead and teams have come back they have allowed the teams to come all the way back and to take the lead and win games but that has not been the case this season when teams have come back they have really taken the punches and gotten back off the mat and punched big time right back and in this game OKC goes 9 of 13 in the first 8 minutes of the fourth quarter to make it a one point game and the Clippers just say, all right, fine. And they only allow OKC to score five points after that. And they get 15 of their own. So to close the game on that 15-5 to run, just absolutely massive. And they really hung in there. And we continue to see with this team, Matt, that you mentioned championship level and what they could be. And obviously, Zoo's not healthy right now. But that is the sign of a championship team in my eyes, is that they take care of business when they need to take care of business. They fall behind and they come back and win games. They have big leads. And when teams come back and make it a close game, they punch right back and hold on to win games. So a lot that we're seeing from this team has been impressive. And I thought their ability to hang in there with a very tough, gritty OKC team that was not going to quit and to punch right back after they got a couple body blows was super impressive uh, for this team. So I'm glad you mentioned the the championship uh, caliber play. And we, and we can get back to the OKC game if there's if there's more we need to talk about. But just quickly, it's been on my mind. You know, we started off the season with lower than championship expectations. Championship hopes, sure. But we always talked about how the Clippers always had this air of championship expectations without really having earned it. Um, but it now, and, you, and we talked about how it's great it is now to be on the Believe Network because we've garnered, you know, some attention from talking about the Clippers and and talking about hoops, but the Clippers have also garnished a lot of national attention now, and are being talked about very heavily in the championship, uh, in the championship mix. So I'm just curious if if your mentality has changed, if your expectations are now championship, or but is it a championship expectation that's been earned with the play? Is it still building? Uh, are we still just happy to be where we're at? It's game by game because. Things certainly have shifted, at least nationally, uh, that's for sure. And I think probably within Clipper Nation, we kind of realize what we're seeing or what we're starting to see here. Of course, Zoo went out, so that puts a little damper on things. Just expectation-wise, because the way we started the season and our mindset and the way that the Clippers were not being talked about in that championship tier, but now are, it's just been on my mind. Uh, and you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it, and I've been wondering what you what you thought. Interesting that you bring that up because it's been talked about a lot um, recently, like you said, with the media and people saying, hey, the Clippers need to earn it. They, we've seen this before where they've won games. This season's a bit different because I don't think we've seen the Clippers value the regular season this strongly in several years. And I don't think we've seen them reach the level that they're at right now in a little while. So when you talk about, is it earned? It's certainly earned. And should we be talking about them as a contender? The answer is yes. And when it comes to fans and should, how do I feel about them? I certainly think that this is a team that is good enough to make it to the Western Conference Finals. And can they beat a team like Denver or Minnesota? Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. Now, there's always in the back of my mind wondering when the next injury is coming. 
And that's the part that's scary. And so people that are saying, hey, the Clippers always get hurt, so we can't really consider them a contender right now. That's not fair because you don't know when injuries are going to happen. So right now, the way the Clippers are playing, they are easily one of the best teams in the NBA right now. And they need to be discussed that way. And I think it's unfair to discuss the Clippers nationally without giving them their actual due and their flowers because all you want to say is, hey, I've seen this before and they've gotten hurt. But the thing is, we haven't really seen this before. The Clippers look easily like one of the best teams in the NBA. We've maybe seen this a couple of years ago and that's it really. I mean, the Clippers were not this good really um, in the last couple of years. No doubt about that. The Clippers were fighting for a play-in spot. Right now, the Clippers are fighting for a home game in the first round. They are fighting to have home court in the first round. I don't know when the last time the Clippers were able to get a top two, top three seed, but, I mean, this is different this year. So I think we have the right as fans to think differently. But at the same time, sure, you can wonder when the next injury might happen that could derail the Clippers season, but you got to have hope that this could be the year. I completely agree. I mean, you have to have all the hope in the world. And like like you said, injuries can happen to any any team at any time, any player. And this this team is certainly different from from the teams before because they they a they like you said, they are taking the regular season more seriously, and that is evident by how many games the, the stars have played, not to mention that they are actually healthy now. Uh, but just playing all four quarters, taking every moment seriously. The addition of James Harden obviously is a huge boon, changes just the whole dynamic of the team. And it also doesn't seem, and so a lot, as fans, or a lot of times it was championship or bust. That was our expectation. Playing was sort of an air of uh, maybe unearned confidence. And perhaps the team had a, had a bit of that too. Like, you know, we're, we're so good. We're so talented we should be able to not take the regular season seriously and waltz our way into the Western Conference Finals and beyond. Doesn't seem like they're playing that with with that air of confidence. Now they're taking every opponent super seriously, be it the Oklahoma City Thunder or be it somebody with a, with a, a lesser record. You know, if if, if it's the Suns, um, if it's if it's the Lakers, which they haven't had good luck, but there is a Laker game coming up in the near future. But just taking every game seriously, taking. From what, from everything we understand with Harden and and the centers, like we mentioned earlier, taking practices seriously, staying late, coming early, doing the little things that really build a team, I think is a big difference that, of what we're seeing and why we can be so hopeful. And, you know, we talked about championship DNA. We mentioned Clipper fan DNA uh, in a previous episode that we have that in us to sort of just waiting for the other shoe to drop. When is you know when when is lightning going to going to strike but it may not it might and it might not so i i i totally agree with you and this is why i was wondering cuz this is the way i was feeling too is that we we should be feeling good and hopeful about the team there's there's no reason not to be and and there's no reason to every single time give a give the caveat of but then the injury but you know then this but it's the clippers okay fine but this is this season this is this this team with a few different pieces, with a lot of the same pieces, but just playing more consistently, playing more seriously, and more, com- I think, a little bit more committed just to making sure they're doing the right things basketball-wise, team-wise, and 
certainly following uh, bought in a hundred thousand million percent to Ty Lue's scheme, which not I'm not sure if they really if that was the case before. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but I know this year it is. Yeah, and you, listen, you and I talked about this a couple times. We wondered how are they actually going to take the regular season seriously, given we thought that. They were going to rest Kawhi on back-to-backs. They're going to rest PG possibly on back-to-backs. There were going to be injuries. And it's been a couple of very obvious things. And they have shown a lot more um, energy starting from the opening tip. And it seems like they valued each game. And they didn't rest Kawhi and PG on back-to-backs. They're playing as many games as they possibly can when staying healthy. And again, like you said, the practice, I mean, you're seeing Harden develop that chemistry with Zoo and now hopefully with Plumlee where they're working extra hard. So it seems like they're practicing a lot more than they did previously. So yeah, they're easily showing that they care about the regular season and it's, it's showing in the standings that this team is actually caring about the regular season because they understand that, listen, bad habits will carry over. And if you're not going to value the regular season and you think you can flip the switch all of a sudden come playoff time, you got another thing coming to you. I mean, Denver was great in the regular season and they went on to win. I mean, if you value the regular season and you rack up the wins during the regular season, that's going to carry over to the postseason. So that's why I think it's really important to do well in the regular season and not just think you can get the six or seven seed and all of a sudden, you know, win the play-in tournament or not the play-in tournament, the, uh, yeah, the play-in tournament. And then all of a sudden think you can turn the switch on. I mean, that's not how it works. You, you need home court. You need to show that you can beat teams like Denver during the regular season. The Clippers have done that. And so they're definitely showing that they're capable of being the best in the West. And I think, absolutely. And I think also just another thing is, and I talked about buy-in, and then there's there's a thing like chemistry. And I don't always, I don't want to pick on Marcus Morris Sr., but think about like a senior not so much, I've been being very happy with his role or how he's being implemented. And then you think about a guy like Westbrook who has, taken a significant cut in role and in usage and in time and time on the court uh not to mention he's coming off the bench so he's not even a starter anymore but you think about sort of the difference let's just use those two as an example that's that seems little but it's it's huge for team chemistry uh to build camaraderie and chemistry and continuity and and if you if a guy like what a future hall of famer like Westbrook is buying in to Tyloo's idea of take putting having him off the bench for 18 to 22 minutes per game usage one of the biggest usage guys ever you know taking a step back and letting letting Harden really you know be the maestro of this offense something like that speaks volumes and so West it can't be understated what I think Westbrook has done for this team by not playing so much yeah yeah no for sure and, and he's bought in and he's we've talked about his role and how great he's been with his role um, so it's 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 interesting. Um, and so we obviously will see how it carries over and we'll see how the Clippers do during this road trip, because during the Grammy road trip is certainly where you, you get battle tested and, uh, I'll be curious to see how they do. Um, anything else you got on this topic? So I got one more thing I want to talk about with the, uh, the Thunder game. Nope. That's it. Okay, cool. Um, I want to talk about James Harden real quick because I tweeted this out and I found it interesting that Harden, the Clippers have won five of the last seven games. And if you would look at Harden's shooting during those games, you would have never expected the Clippers would win some of these games. I mean, the Clippers against OKC, he was 5 of 14. Minnesota, 4 of 14. 3 of 7 against Memphis. 5 of 13 against Toronto. He was 6 of 8 against Phoenix, which is obviously good. The Lakers, he was 4 of 13. New Orleans, he was 2 of 7. So you do the math there, 
And he shot 40% or better just twice. And one of those two times was just on seven shots where he was three of seven. So 43% or worse in six of those seven games. And this is after he ended up shooting close to 47% in the month of January. So it's saying a lot about this team that the Clippers can go five and two in a seven game stretch when uh, Harden shoots less than 43% in six of those seven games. And what does that say? It says a couple of things to me. Number one, during every single one of those games, he had eight or more assists. So he is continuing to contribute and it's not affecting him in his distribution role. Number two, it's showing that the rest of the Clippers are stepping up when they need to. And in that game against OKC, of course, PG was awesome. And Kawhi was solid. He didn't need to do a whole lot in that game. And Plumlee was very good offensively. And what's interesting is that Norm was awful in that game. He was 2 of 10. So what we're seeing, though, and you and I have talked about this, that if it's not somebody's night, two or three other guys really do seem to step up. And Harden's offense is not something the Clippers rely on now, which I think is the biggest point of that of what I'm saying. You would think bringing in James Harden, his offense, and how he's scoring would be pivotal. That's not the case with this team. Because when you have PG, you have Kawhi, you have Norm Powell, you have those three really good players alongside those other dudes like Mann and Plumlee. That you don't need Harden to be great every night. And that's a good sign put our last conversation to tie it into that, that Harden doesn't need to be that dude in the postseason that is outstanding. And he can have these types of nights where he is five of 14 and the Clippers still win. So it's a good sign for where they can go in the postseason because he's not going to shoot like this all the time. And it just continues to show how everyone on this team steps up when someone's not doing so well. So I just wanted to bring that up. It's a, it's an excellent point. I mean, yeah, and you're right. You know, to bring it back to our last uh, conversation, it it's also part of the national narrative. One of the first things they say is, "Yeah, but you know, then there's playoff Harden. Can Harden do it in the playoffs offensively? We see we've seen his shooting woes, his two of 19s or whatever it is. But this is a different iteration of Harden. That this is kind of showing that you exactly what you just said. He doesn't have to be." the primary offensive weapon. He doesn't have to be the secondary offensive weapon. If Norm has it going, he doesn't have to be the, the tertiary offensive weapon. He he can do his damage in other ways uh, in, with assisting, with playing mid to high mid-level defense, which I believe that he's been doing, uh, just trying his ass off for a lot of it. Um, and it is just, it is a great, great sign moving forward and, and this is what you this is what you get when you have your guys like Paul George, Kawhi clicking on all cylinders. And when Harden is clicking, then I mean, all the better. It's it could be an unstoppable force. And when he's not, these other guys are going to step up. And like you said, Norm shot two of ten against the Thunder, and they still won. And we always talk about man, we we rely on Norm so heavily off the bench; he's untouchable. Well, guess what? He didn't have it going. And, and the Clippers still won. They stepped up. I mean, you know, Amir Coffey had a great 16 minutes. I don't know that that's going to play too much of a role come playoff time. But you just see time and time again, somebody or a couple of somebodies will step up for this team. So I, I can't agree with you more. And it, it is good. It, it does it does uh, tie in really, really heavily to our last conversation about come, come postseason. You know, one thing that people may try to pull the thread of the sweater a little bit 
and unravel the Clippers' playoff hopes. There's no threads coming off this sweater in that regard. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see if they're able to uh, continue this winning little streak of where they're picking up wins left and right, and we'll see if they can do it against Brooklyn, uh, a game that'll be at 12.30. You and I will be back with another podcast on Sunday, um, and that'll probably be on Sunday evening that we'll record that podcast, so the game will probably end about 3, take a couple hours, and then we will record a pod and break that one down. And what should be a game that you'd hope the Clippers will win, um, they're obviously facing the Lakers tonight, Brooklyn is. And, I mean, they've got some dudes that can have their nights. I mean, obviously Bridges is fantastic. He just hasn't been as good this year as he was last year with Brooklyn. Guys like Cam Johnson, Claxton should be very tough um, in the middle against Plumlee. And you got guys like Dinwiddie um, and Cam. I mean, you look at a guy off the bench like Cam Thomas that can lay it up for sure. But the Clippers should have the edge. The only thing is that you look at the game time and it is 12.30 p.m. So we'll see if the Clippers show that they're a team that's had as much time off and they look a little rusty to start. That's my only concern going into this game, Matt, is that the Clippers have had so much time off. And then plus it is a morning or afternoon game, early afternoon game. So that's my biggest concern with that game. So I think, again, you can look at the Clippers. How are they going to value the regular season? How are they going to value a 1230 tip? Are they going to come out guns blazing and show that they're ready to go? Or are they going to really struggle out of the gate? And I think we'll see early on what this team is made of. The afternoon games, as we know, have been a bugaboo for the Clippers for a very long time. I'm not going to make any bold predictions here, except that we are going to see Clipper Clipper fan trade machine favorite Dorian Finney-Smith as well. I think he's healthy. So if he plays, uh, you know, he gets tossed into all kind of, well, if Clippers make one more move, could it be DFS? Be interesting to see him, but I, I do hope and re- and expect the Clippers to come out, uh, like you said, guns blazing, full bore, ready to just take on the Brooklyn Nets. When one it's one of these games that you're you're supposed to win, or at least you should, um, uh, especially especially at home, even though it is in the afternoon. But I am very very looking forward to it, especially because man, we haven't seen a Clips game in a while. I'm I'm Jonesing. I want I want to see these guys play. Yeah, and uh, listen. We, it should be fun to watch this team play, and uh, the Clippers are going to should be pretty big favorites in this one. I mean, they were favorites against OKC, which kind of stunned me. I think they were six and a half point favorites, and they went on to win that game by eleven. So, another game where they should win, and we'll see if they can take care of business. Uh, before we go, a big shout out to our most recent commenter and reviewer on iTunes, Persian Rug Slipper sixty nine. This is a great Clipper podcast, provides a great variety of analysis, contextual news and updates, personal stories, and humor. Matt is witty and always makes me laugh, and Brandon is a longtime staple. Rated 5 out of 5 Persian rugs. So shout out to Persian Rug Slugger 69 (laughs) for that review. You too can write a review like Persian Rug Slugger 69 by going to iTunes, giving us that five-star rating that Persian Rug Slugger 69 did, and give us a review as well. So shout out there. Because that, that was a good review. Shout out to you, PRS69. We love you. Shout out to you, PRS69. Oh, man. You can always follow us on X, at BD Marcus, myself, at Matt, Matt Warren is his handle. Of course, the Sports Ethos Clippers podcast is there as well. You always see us tweet out the podcast from that handle. Matt always does a great job handling on the social media side. So until next time, he is Matt. I am Brandon. And go Clips. Go Clips.
son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles Business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.